and welcome. It's uh, week two in the bunker. We've run out of water. <laughs> started pooping in a bucket. It's Rebel FM. I'm Anthony Guy. Right. Joining me is Matt Chandrenay. Hello. I've started peeing in another bucket because I figure we need to recycle. That bucket's called James Faulkner's now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, it, it, now it tastes like coconut water. It's very strange. Yeah. Huh. Um, well, that's because I'm a vegetarian. Oh, it's true. Look. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, a series of events has converged and made it impossible for us to record in our nice setup again. Yeah. Yep. So we are once again recording out of the Area 5's offices. I mean, Anthony's just being polite. What really happened is Arthur has kicked us out of his apartment permanently mm -hmm. and forever. Yeah, we've just been trying to cope with it. So I'm like, oh, it's just Arthur's <laughs> not hanging out. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like dealing with it like a really bad breakup. Yeah. No, uh, no, nah, nah, it's just a, it's a thing. Yeah. We go by, we hang, we hang out. It's just... Cool, it's cool. <laughs> it was mutual, man. Like, uh, we were both just decided it was time to move on. Now, Arthur is just, like, really busy, and the schedules wouldn't work out again this week. I mean, it is this time of year yeah. where we're yep. right on the cusp of Gears of War, Call of Duty, mm. Titanfall, Battlefield, Mafia 3. Civilization, Mafia 3. Fucker. All these games are, like, a few weeks out. Which one's coming out PlayStation first? PlayStation VR is all out next week. Yeah. Oh, God. Ma Mafia 3 is also out. Oh, Gears is out if you bought the Ultimate Edition if you're on Friday. Right. So it's like yeah. it's like all these things yeah. are right there. So obviously Arthur, who's a reviews editor, is kind of like missing in action. Yeah. Because yeah. um, he's doing his damn job. Yeah. And, and we were all very busy this week, so we don't have a ton of games. Yeah, I started playing a game that came out a while ago, but it only just came out for me, mm -hmm. uh, which is Banner Saga 2. Mm -hmm. And by I mean it came out for me is that I played through it on iPad. Yeah. And I did not want... And Matt had talked about like a way to like rip your save off and play it on PC. Yeah. yeah. I was lazy. <laughs> I never did that. But sure enough, if you play on I don't think actually I don't think that was me. I think that was Mitch. Oh, that might have been Mitch about that, yeah. But if you play on You guys remember Mitch, right? Yeah. Yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> but if you play on iPad and you have the old game installed, maybe I don't even know if you have to have it installed or if it keeps the save in the game center or some shit like that. I don't yeah. know. But either way, I still had it installed, so I was able to port my save directly to it. Very oh. simple, very fast. Mm -hmm. All my choices pulled over. All my who lived wow. nice. pulled over. That's um, pretty great. Which is why I waited for the iPad version. Yeah. And it picks up immediately where it left off. You can watch, like, a recap video if you want. Mm -hmm. um, and it's still a really uh, good game. Really sad. Like, that game is... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, that game is a lot like the early seasons of Walking Dead, where it was like, <laughs> everything, everything is, just is yeah, you watched every episode, and you were just like, well, <laughs> how much worse can it get? Yeah. A lot worse. A, a, a lot worse, yeah. Like, in this game, you know, because at the end of the first game, it's kind of like, it's like, it ends on a very triumphant moment where you defeated this guy who's supposed to be immortal, mm -hmm. but you also lost someone very close to you. Yeah. And again, like, the last scene you see of the game is like, your character, like, clutching his chest crying or something like that. Oh. And, so, and that's like how the game ends. It's like, good job! Credits! Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, is it like the uh, Half-Life 2 episode 2? Yeah, uh, exactly. Of like, like hearing Alex just fucking sobbing, and sobbing, sobbing over her dead father? Yeah, it's, it's very much like that. And so when the second game picks up, you know, you're playing this character who's now like much more broken. Mm -hmm. And so you're making choices based around that. Because now you're kind of like, imagine Rick in the comics... Or in the show. I haven't actually watched a show in like two years, yeah. so I have no idea what happens. But Rick, if he lost his son. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, you know, something like that, he's right? He's become unhinged at a certain point. Right, where he's like, well, part of the reason I was leading all these people is because I had to survive because these important people to me had to survive. Yeah. Now they're gone. 
so now why am I still doing this? I yeah. guess to lead these people around because that's important to me. Well, that's some I of guess. the ongoing storyline, at least because I have seen all the seasons. Well, not the most recent season, but uh, I've seen like through whatever seasons were available on Netflix. Yeah. And the uh, that is basically what happens. He just gets more and more unhinged as time goes on. Right. Because and like pulls it together, gets unhinged, pulls it together. Sort of like his. Right. Whoever his, you find to care about, eventually they get taken away from you, and you're like, "What the fuck is the point of all this?" Exactly. And so you're definitely getting a lot of that existential sort of thing in the very beginning of uh, Banner Saga as well, and uh, it's. Any, any new gameplay like tweaks or like... so it's still the ba- same basic yeah. gameplay, which is like the first one. Like they're coming out with a board game of that very soon. Oh really? And wow. It's, oh yeah, but it's made for a board game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally like the basic gist of it is all characters have two stats: armor and strength. Your health is your strength, so how hard you hit is how much health you have. Hmm. So if a guy has eight strength, eight armor, and you have eight strength, eight armor, when you walk up to him. The most you're going to do because your strength is equal to his armor mm-hmm. is take off one strength slash one of his health. But, like, let's say you have a guy... Okay, okay. let's break it down real easy. I'm going to use small numbers. You have a guy who has five five strength, five armor. Okay. And you have another guy who has ten strength, ten armor. Mm-hmm. The ten strength guy walks over to the five strength, five armor guy, hits him. Because mm-hmm. he already has five strength above the other dude's armor, yeah. he'll do five strength damage to him, which means he can what, kill him. Oh, okay, hit. okay. Otherwise, if you're facing off against a guy that has like 20 strength, 20 armor, and you're an 8 strength, 8 armor guy, mm-hmm. you can you can chip away at his armor, and mm-hmm. that eventually means that when his armor gets all the way down, then you'll do full strength damage, because your strength is always subtracted by their amount of armor. Okay. Uh, like, yeah. so, so how do you do any damage at all if you're 8 and he's 20? You get around like 3 guys around him, and... If he only has, if he has twenty armor, you break away his armor, and eventually, when he has no armor, that dude that has eight will do full eight damage to him. Oh, so it's like you'll do, but is it like you do? He swings with eight damage, and his armor goes from twenty to twelve. No, he would his. You can. There's like a separate stat you can max out for how much armor a single guy can break in a turn. Oh, okay, okay. So that's uh, interesting. And so you, I have some characters that can break like six armor with one hit. Right. So they walk up, and I just send them in first. They hit. They break the armor. Which means that then I roll up with a strength 18 guy, and right. all of a sudden their armor's down to two, and he does 16 damage in one hit. Right, right. right. So it's like... And then, and then like, the cool thing that I remember you telling, me, telling us about this game in the past is that, like, that guy that was at 20 now is at two. He can only do two damage now, because right. that's so what his health it, is. Exactly. So it's Their like, it, it, he went from being the super strong guy, and then all of a sudden he walks up and he can hit you for one health. Yeah. Because right. you basically <laughs> made him impotent. And... That's like the whole sort of loop of that combat yeah. is finding out, and it is there is like a lot of depth to it because individual heroes have unique special abilities, sure, of course. and everybody can augment it. You have these points that everyone starts with called renown, and in the battle you can use that to like I'm gonna make them hit for two more strength damage than they normally would, but he only has so many of those points in the whole match mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So or like I can make him move two units farther, but each one of those costs me those points that he only has a limited finite amount of. Um, Really deep strategy, like, but on a very small scale, like, the the battlefield itself at any given time is always, like, the size of a chessboard, very small. Hmm. But, you know, unit configuration matters. A lot of your guys can damage your own units. Like, I have a Berserker, and he always attacks two adjacent units, even if one of those adjacent units is one of your guys, <laughs> so you always have to have him kind of separated. Yeah, that, that's a really good way to do a berserker. <laughs> yeah, like he just can't help himself. <laughs> right. And so... And, he, and, there's, and again, wildly. but the big part of the game is making choices. Mm-hmm. So like, there's like a part in one battle where you're fighting these like 
guys who are like, but they call them bog people, they live in swamps. They're kind of like the rednecks of this world. <laughs> and they have a bunch of bears, and the guy's like, if you can kill all but one bear in this map and just leave it to the one bear, I can tame that bear. And then that'll give him a new ability where in future battles he can summon that bear into every fight That's and give you basically awesome. an extra fighter. But that means you have to do this risk where you're letting that bear continuously attack you guys throughout the whole fight while you're trying to just pick off everyone else. Oh, the bear is indiscriminate? Uh, no, the bear's on their side. And so the bear is fighting for them, and they have their tamers. But you have to kill all the tamers and leave just the bear. Meanwhile, the bears, oh, the bears no, in the turn I, order. I thought, you were, I thought you were saying, like, after you summon, that that becomes uh, no. a risk. Like, yeah. you're still attacking. No, 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 your bear is your bear. Oh, okay. But it's like in that one battle, mm -hmm. you're already in kind of a desperate situation. You mm -hmm. have to make the choice, like, well, we could just take down the bear in, like, turn one. Right. But now we're going to make the choice to intentionally get hit a bunch by this bear <laughs> to take out everyone else because we want right. to tame the bear. Right, wow. But the core of that game, that the battles are, like, 50% of it. The other 50% of it is the story-driven stuff which is all told through a series of like either really beautifully hand-drawn... I mean, this is the game, if you remember the art style, it's, oh, yeah. it's very yeah. like 80s sort of American or of like Western Yeah, like, like, like Western Western animation style. Exactly. Not Disney, but Western animation. Yeah, I'm trying to like Rats of Nim, stuff like that sure. that are like that, that sort of really beautiful hand-drawn style, more like, old Disney more, movies. Yeah, more like uh, Don Bluth style. Yes, Don opposed, Bluth is like yeah. someone they very were trying to channel. And so... Uh, it's told through a bunch of cutscenes where you're like, well, not really cutscenes, but there are cutscenes, but there's also just a lot of back and forth between two characters, very yeah. Persona style or RPG style. Mm -hmm. sure. And then there's just a bunch of stuff that while you're watching your guys go along the path, you're always having to worry about how many days worth of supplies do we have, and it's always popping up a bunch of organ trail choices. That's you, you go, go and hunt. And... Uh, yes, yeah, so it'll be yeah. like, we see in the distance you can see deer. Uh, and some of your people are talking about how if we could only capture those deers, it would bolster our supplies. Then three options will pop up. Set up camp and send out scouts to hunt the deer. Go hunt them yourself. Keep moving because you think it'll make too much sound. And it'll be like, ah, go out and hunt the, send out scouts. Ah, the scouts made a ton of noise, and now we're under attack, and all of a sudden you're in a battle that you didn't plan for. <laughs> right. you know, or it could go where it's like, ah, you succeeded, and now there's 20 extra supplies, and everyone's morale is improved because if you have good morale your soldiers will actually start each battle a little bit better yeah um, and so it's just about managing that all the time like there's a lot of moments where it's like and it's definitely in a very much in a you know uh, that like other games that make you make choices where they're they're very big on making it so sometimes there is no good choice <laughs> where it's like you know there's like a situation where uh, thank you uh, where you're gonna dump there's a place where you're like on some cliffs and you're gonna have to choose who's gonna who you're gonna drop because you can't save everyone. Or you can or you can drop your food and go foodless. And so you're like, well if we go foodless we'll have no food on the other side, which means some people will starve. Right. And there's like the option to like drop someone that you think kinda sucks anyways. And you know, it's just like moments like that where you can permanently kill off characters and stuff like that. And it, it, it also it's also permadeath with in terms of So if you die in a battle, yeah. it's not permadeath. Okay. If you die in a battle, they're injured, which means that uh, based on how injured they got, that's how many days you would have to play without them, or you could take them into the next fight, but they'll be down severely in strength, mm -hmm. so they'll be kind of worthless. There are situations where you can totally get permadeath. It'll usually warn you about that, mm -hmm. or sometimes it won't. <laughs> like one time I found a town, and this guy was like, hey, I got a dude who can sneak in the back while you guys hold the front line. He's really good. He's going to come in the back. He's going to hit him from behind. That's what he's made for. And this other dude in my squad is like, let me go with him. I've been tired of not helping out. Just please let me go with him. 
and it's and like it says that the guy that's like let me go do this uh that you kind of don't really know gives like a nod to some other guy and you're like hmm <laughs> i guess go and i did it and he totally fucking when the guy finally broke through he broke through alone and was like yeah the other dude just didn't make it and that was like a dude i played through with the whole first game <laughs> now he's dead he's gone that was it I made that choice he's dead wow, wow. so but there is an abundance of heroes in this game like honestly after the first game you have like 8 heroes and by the end of this you probably have like 40 heroes wow. okay. yeah so Damn. you really can like like pick a squad that you always roll with and then mm-hmm. have like a B squad mm-hmm. and there's a lot of situations where they're gonna force you into that where it'll be like you could just fight all one battle and let all these people die but they're children burning in a building or you could split your forces and attack two things <laughs> yeah. so and you're like, let the children burn. You can 100% be the person, even thematically, there's some characters that it makes sense to just be like, I'm not here to save kids. And you're just like, oh, wow, brutal. You know, but there's just like a good ominous to it, ominousness to it that like yeah. makes you feel bad. Like there was one point, I was leading my wagon through and it's like, one of your scouts says that the road ahead is all boggy, but, uh, but and this will be like a minor spoiler, I guess. Yeah. But like, you know, there's a, a a solid patch through the swamp, but there's lots of little stone croppings that don't look... They're obviously not natural, mm-hmm. and you don't know. It could be a trap. And I was like, ah, we'll go through it anyways, because it's better than losing all the supplies fighting. Mm-hmm. And then I found out, oh, it was uh, the gravestones of the bog uh, people. Uh-huh. And so when they met up with me, they're, like, inconsolable, and they're like, no, <laughs> we demand blood for that. Like, one of you has to die for it. Wait, did you kill the bog people at some point? No, no you just like... I, I, I drove my carts and all my caravan through their graveyard. Oh, through their graveyard. And they gotcha, were like, gotcha. nah, that demands blood as retribution. <laughs> so, that's, you know. That's, Alright, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that And is so that cool. gets you into a fight, or you can just lose a character flat out right there, too. Right. Uh, you know, because you have a character, again, minor spoiler, you have a character that's a bog person, and the first time <laughs> I did it, it's like the only time I safe scummed, I was like, send him to parlay with them and they're like obviously you've forgotten where you came from boy and they just stab him to death <laughs> and I was like damn okay <laughs> so that game's brutal really fucking cool yeah like honestly like probably one of the deepest experiences you can get on an iPad for sure I'm and sure, it's only yeah. like five dollars and, it's, oh, like, and it's, like, it's like twenty hours long wow it's it's and such so a the, and so Banner Saga 2 you've been playing on Steam no all, I played both one and two on my iPad Oh okay. So, I thought I thought you were saying that you played. No. That you got. The yeah, PC you should. You should definitely. Uh, That's awesome. You should definitely. But don't play it like I've been playing it. The bad part about playing on iPad is I'm usually playing it in bed. It's late, or I'm playing like five minutes here and there, and I don't have sound. Mm. And the soundtrack is done by Austin Wintry, so it's like oh, yeah. it's like you're kind of robbing yourself. Right, like it has right. all these beautiful voice parts, all these beautiful soundtracks, and yeah, it's it's definitely a game that should be experienced. Yeah, altogether. Uh, I still have not played those games. Yeah. I really want to. Well, if you're even curious what the combat is like and you don't want to buy the game, you can go play, like, Banner Saga Factions, like a free-to-play thing on Steam. You don't even have to buy it or put any money, but it would give you a taste of, like, am I even going to enjoy this fucking combat? Because, yeah. Yeah. like, I know my girlfriend, she likes to watch the game sometimes, but then she, like, you know, then I'll get to the combat and she's like, ugh. Because yeah. <laughs> then it's like watching someone play chess. Unless you're really into chess, you're kind of just like, ah, checked out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really all I played this week. Yeah. I play. Yeah, so since we last recorded, I went on vacation. So I played uh, books. 
You played the you hit you played Kindle. I played Kindle yeah. and, and alcohol. <laughs> I uh, like those games, especially together. Together, they're actually really great. I, I, <laughs> well, especially if you're someplace that you can have like a beautiful drink in a beautiful place and just yeah. drink. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I, I was in I was in Hawaii uh, for, for a couple of days, so that was nice to just. That is awesome. Just to sit in the sun and re- drink. Tropical drinks. Exactly. You yeah. don't look much more tan. No, I put on. I, I <laughs> am very white, so I, I put on a lot of. And sense. sit under an yeah. umbrella or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I got. I got a little bit, a little, little bit darker. But yeah. Were you, were you like at a pool in the shade the whole time reading, or? Uh, I that, and then I would jump to like another one that had had some time. But yeah, I, I also they, I had a deck where I could read. So that's awesome. Uh, I read. Ancillary Justice. Think oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the I like the ancillary books. They're, 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 yeah. Uh, if you like AI stories, they're really yeah, cool. Super good. Uh, Does it matter uh, where I start? Uh, uh, you should start. You should start with the first one. Yeah, ancillary justice. Ancillary yeah. justice. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was the? Um, what I can't remember her name. The author's name. I, I don't remember either. Um, uh, but I have them on my Kindle. But the I, but yeah, those books are really good. It's, on a scale uh, of like uh, Halo trash to. You know, like Uncle Tom's Cabin, memorable fiction. Like, where is this? Um, well, if you're into science fiction the way that I am, I think it's it. It, it should it, be one of the great sci-fi series. Yeah, it's it of the last like I would say like ten years. I think. Yeah. Released. Like it, it is up there in terms it's of. It's by Anne Leckie. There it is, Anne Leckie. Did she, yes. she, did she win a Hugo or like a Pulitzer? Not Pulitzer. She, she definitely won she awards. She did win a Hugo Anne's Award for yeah. best novel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the ancil- uh, there's ancillary justice followed by ancillary something else. Yeah. I mean, it sounds it sounds cool. I, I, I just it, mean that I'm not above Halo garbage and stuff. No, like me that. either. So, I, I, like, I've read all the Halo. Yeah. Well, I haven't read the last two Halo books, I guess, but I've yeah. read most of them. Yeah, this is. I love Halo garbage. I I've been reading a bunch of Forgotten Realms books because I love Forgotten Realms garbage. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think those level of books they're like the goosebumps of adult age. <laughs> totally. Hundred yeah. 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 percent. Yeah. 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 yeah where it's is. just like they're fun pop novels. Yeah. That don't really have anything of consequence or anything to say, but they're fun. Yeah. yeah, I'm super into the the Forgotten Realms universe, and I recently got the fifth edition D and D book. And the actually Dragon Magazine has a really great app, and it's totally free now. So I've been reading Dragon Magazine stuff, and that they're like announced these Forgotten Realms books that came out, and I was like, oh man, I miss like these three series that like move all the timeline forward, and I'm like, I'm so into the all the Forgotten Realms timeline and the characters and the series mm-hmm. and everything, and all the stuff that's happened and the way that it affects the the books and the worlds and back and forth, the, all that I geek out over all that shit. Ancillary Justice sounds cool. It yeah. sounds a lot like, not like thematically or anything, but just in the same sort of like quality as something like Margaret Atwood, who writes like the 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 Flood and stuff like oh, that, right. which is like all the books about genetic tampering and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- this is very much. Uh, it's about it's about an AI that used to be. An AI that was split up across many bodies, but is now contained down to one body. Yeah, uh, and it's a kind of, it's a kind of a revenge tale. It's like Reverse yeah. Ultron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the it's like these shipborne AI that are like they they're an entire ship as well as like an entire segment of genetically engineered, bioengineered parts of the crew, at, and they're all of these people and the ship at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and then like and then yeah and then this AI gets reduced down to basically one person huh <laughs> and so it's that it's that yeah it's dealing with that uh, sounds yeah. cool especially in our day and age where I mm. 
you know, I hear people talk about augmented people for real and stuff like that. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, fuck. It's, uh, it's pretty great. And then the other book I, uh, I'm most of the way through is uh, called The First 15, Lines, First 15 Lives of Harry August, hmm. uh, which is a kind of time travel immortal tale about uh, a group of people that when they die, they're reborn back into their body with all the memories of their previous life. But as well, a baby. As a baby. Yeah. Uh, and so and then they relive their lives over and over and over and over and over again. Wow. So it's like that ultimate dream of, where you know, when you were in high school, you're like, man, if I could go back to elementary school now, I'd kill it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and because it, it's not just happening in this one era and there's a bunch of them, like, the kind of, they can propagate information throughout the ages because when you, so the, it, the book takes place between, like, the 1920s and the early 90s. Huh. Uh, that's when the character like lives and dies. Yeah, um, and so there are. Uh, I forget, there's like a, a Russian name in the book for mm-hmm. what the what the characters are. Mm. When they're born, the ones that are born in like the '80s are able to give information back to that that guy when he, like around the time of his death, so that he can then take it back in time to pass it on to people who are dying around his time. So it can like they can propagate oh, information. Wow. Back and, and forward, back, yeah, right. And forward through time, right? Because because you know if somebody is so they can be like, well, I'm going to die in five years, but this person who is mm-hmm. uh, not going to die for another sixty years yes. is telling me what's happening sixty years now, so yeah. that I can take back that to the twenties when I'm born again. Yeah, or like, that's a really cool idea. Yeah, like or like financial information, so like they use it to like like to, <laughs> to, like, to, to like make money and stuff. Yeah. Like that. It's really really cool. It ends up being a little bit like a spy thriller and yeah. like. Uh, takes place during World War II and around that era. It's very, very good. And it starts off kind of slow and then picks up because then they start like skipping around in the lives. Like he's basically mm-hmm. recounting the story to someone and that's kind of how they frame the book. Hmm. And so he's skipping around to his different lives and like his inter- interactions with his wife that he met over. Sounds uh, like uh, a vampire movie with the with, uh, Tom Cruise <laughs> interview with the vampire. Interview with the vampire. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about him recounting the tales so they can yes. bounce throughout time. Yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. That. Uh, But it's good. I, 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 Sounds I, like a movie in the making. Honestly, like you, probably, you tell me this, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I can already see the screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's cool. It's like a different kind of looper. Uh, Matt, have you been? Uh, I've just been binging on uh, soloing in World of Warcraft. Yeah. Because um, you know I'm like. Well, I've got this. You're one thing. Sort of like I was talking about. I've got this 30 day thing. No, I just hit 100. And okay. So I, and so like right, I was so I I burned through all of the Pandaria stuff since the last time that we talked, which was great. Mm. Uh, I, the Pandaria stuff was super super fun. And then I went into Warlords of Draenor, and uh, I got I did enough of that to get to level 100. And uh, it's just... Which gives you access to the stuff in the new... Right, which gives me the access to Legion. And, like, I thought about, like, doing more of the quests and stuff like that, but Warlords of Draenor just wasn't drawing me in the way that Pandaria does. Like, Mists of Pandaria is just, like... It's so different than the rest of the World of Warcraft, including Legion. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it's like you start out and you have... uh, Demons and uh, orcs, you know, are the main bad guys, and they're invading, and then the Lich King and stuff like that, and it's all kind of related, and demon energies and fell energies and all that. Kind it's of always stuff. been about the Burning Legion, the Burning Legion, and, and, and the and the the fallout from their coming. And exactly, stuff like that. that's what the whole universe has always been set up. So it's like. 
there was World of Warcraft, Wrath of the Lich King, Cataclysm, all had to do with all that same kind of stuff. And then, uh, then you go to Mists of Pandaria, which is totally different. Like the big bad comes from negative spiritual energies that are embedded in the land itself. So it's like the big bad guys are like the Shah of Anger and the Shah of Fear. And Shahs mm. are just like a, the, a Pandaren word for like spirit. spirit. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, it, allowed, it really allowed them to be really creative and totally inspired, you know, like the, the whole like Far Eastern themes and everything that uh, Miss Pandaria has uh, are really, really enjoyable because it's not any of that stuff. And even, even the stuff that's kind of dark still kind of has this light tone to it. And yeah. It's almost like this whole breath of fresh air. Yeah. And then you go into Warlords of Draenor and you're like, well, this I've been here before. It's it's instead of a Draenor that's broke apart into floating islands, there's oceans around it or whatever. That um, does a bit of time travel though, doesn't it? It does. Okay. It involves time travel. Yeah. It's like Draenor before it got destroyed, which is where the Burning Crusade was when mm-hmm. you went into Draenor the first time. Um, and the art is really cool, but the storylines aren't really enjoyable. The environments aren't nearly as enjoyable. Like the yeah. environments in Mists of Pandaria are just all amazing, and they're so evocative. And uh, so I kind of just went through Warlords of Draenor enough so that I could get to level 100, so I could go right into Legion because I've heard that Legion is really good. Now, of course, like the first thing you do when you go into Legion is you go into a battle in the Broken Isles where it's like black and green everywhere which is like you know because we're back fighting the burning legion fighting the burning legion again and it's like that same and but it's really cool because it starts you out in this scenario where it's basically it throws in 20 random people from the alliance and 20 random people from the horde that are all trying to do this scenario at the same time and it's basically a 40-man raid where you don't really have to coordinate you just go through one thing to the other just to tell a story and uh, but it's super cool the way that it's done. And you're fighting not against each other in this instance. You're not. You're, you're fighting against demons. Yeah. Okay. And there, there's like a boss at the end that like is bouncing between these two platforms, and like the horde is on one platform, the alliance is on the other. So yeah. without ever having to coordinate anything, they basically force you into being allies. Yeah. Like for this one purpose. For this That's one cool. purpose. Yeah. And it's a really cool story. But I'm like. Well, there's a whole bunch of black and a whole bunch of green. Oh, look, they're fighting a demon again. Yeah. Oh, look, there's the orc demon who's... Or what's his name? Like, Gul'dan or whatever Gul'dan, yeah. yeah. Like, there's Gul'dan again. Like, I'm fucking so tired of Gul'dan, you yeah. know? It's like, God damn it. Like, uh, the if they're going to rehash shit, um, you know, like... I just... I guess I wish they just stopped rehashing shit. Because I, I Miss of Pandaria was so good because it was not a rehash of anything. It was just brand new. It was just brand new, and it felt really good. And the thing is, like, I think they do a decent enough job at doing that and inter- introducing new characters. Like, yeah. And this is the whole thing is uh, I've talked about, is I feel like this expansion has been very personal. Yeah. Um, because they're telling stories about, uh, at least in the Demon Hunter uh, like pet progression, you are like, a, you're, you get pretty good it goes flashes back in time so it's like when the demon hunters uh first were elves and got their demon powers yeah and then and then it's during uh during burning crusade where like they get off on this mission as as you as the other characters are like coming for illidan mm-hmm. at the black temple mm-hmm. um and then you get you get thrown in jail and then you're eventually broken out of jail but then you're basically you're fighting these two factions like one person who left and one person who's been there forever, but you have these different leadership styles. Yeah. And you need to choose that person, and then one the other person is just gone. Oh wow. Cool. Um, they're not dead, but they're like they're just out doing right. something. Are else. all demon hunters blind? 
they're not blind. They have like sight. They have like demon sight, I guess. But they all wear the. Do they all cover yeah. their eyes? Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it feels very personal because it's like it's telling you stories about that. Like Elden's around, mm-hmm. and you occasionally you occasionally talk to him. Like you talk to him like twice at least mm-hmm. where I am in the progression. Mm-hmm. The rest of the time, it's like telling a story about these other newer factions that uh, within your class's faction. So it's telling mm. stories around that. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, that's the thing that, like, because I was in Warlords of... Uh, no, I, yeah, I was in Mists of Pandaria in, like, the very last zone in Mists of Pandaria. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was typing into general. I was like, hey, where's this thing? I'm new here. I don't know where to go. And and somebody was like, oh, come with me. And then I was like, all right. And so, like, they were just kind of tooling around. They say, are you new to WoW? And I was like, no, but, man, I really love the single-player stuff. And they're like... And I was like... Because uh, he was a hundred, he was a level hundred and ten, mm. and so I was like, "How's how's the rest of it?" And he was like, uh, "He was like, well, Legion is super good. Like, the, it reminds me of Miss of Pandaria single player or Miss of Pandaria um, solo level experience." Like, yay. And I'm like, "Yay!" Yeah. And we didn't talk about um, Warlords of Draenor at all. I I just asked about Legion. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, but um, the so I'm I'm hoping that yeah, like as I do more of this solo leveling stuff. Mm-hmm in Legion that it's as enjoyable as Miss of Pandaria. And I, I really do like feel like it is. Like I, that's all I've been doing. I did one dungeon so far and I've yeah. just like been totally happy just putting around. People were like, Oh you should do the world quest and I was like, No, but I wanna complete all the <laughs> I wanna take all the quests for the zones before I start doing like the world quests. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I did in Miss of Pandaria, which doesn't have world quests, but yeah. it had uh, it has some world bosses which mm. are kind of fun. Yeah, this was as well. But yeah, it's yeah. we should we should once you're once you're level one ten or like even when you're leveling because it it does the adaptable thing where you don't everyone doesn't have to be the same level to go into a dungeon. I know, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> dynamic combat level. Yeah, uh, it's so great. Like finally, like oh, I can actually play with my friends that I want to play with. Yep. So that's really good. And the uh, yeah the I can tell that you know like we were talking about last week how they have the whole like you have your your class building and there's a class storyline that goes along with it. And you're building it up and you become like kind of head of your class guild mm-hmm. or whatever. They definitely introduced those mechanics in Warlords of Draenor when you the have your garrison. Yeah. And uh, mostly I find the garrison stuff just kind of annoying. Yeah. It's not all that much fun. Mm-hmm. Like sending, send, like finding finding followers and sending them on missions is all right, I yeah. guess. But like it just, I'm sure it has some like good end rewards, but it feels, it feels way too much like a slog. Like there's yeah. like, there's a bunch of stuff that you can do in a garrison and every single part of it is a slog. Yeah. It feel it it feel it felt like a clicker almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or, or like yeah, you just wait for the bar to fill up and then you got to think. Yeah. Which is part of this, but it, it's not where the garrison was so much of like you had to babysit it mm-hmm. in uh in Draenor and Yeah, Warlords of Draenor. Yeah, yeah, that this is very much it's just tied to your cl- your class. Uh, there's a couple things. Eventually, you get more equipment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you're, they give you so much else to do. They, they, they're like, okay, just check on this like once a day. Okay. And like, you, like you'll, you'll be doing. There's a bunch of other stuff, and it's required for part of the pl- class progression. Yeah. But you only really have to check on it once a day. Yeah. Well, that's good because like the the garrison stuff, I'm just like, uh, it's like send in a bunch of work orders so that you can bring me some resources. Send in yeah. a bu- and you know like. The idea of it sounds sounds pretty good, where it's like, oh, I don't have to go out in the world and mine resources. I can get my people to do it for me. But then everything requires more resources. Yeah. So it's like, so what you're telling me is that not only do I have to go out in the world 
and mine resources, but I also have to be getting resources from my garrison in order to, you know, quote unquote, keep up, you yeah. know? And, yeah. it, and it just, it just like, the problem, like, where I always fall off with World of Warcraft is when I get to the end game, where it becomes a slog and everything is so incremental that I never feel like I'm progressing anything. And like, it feels like the garrison, all it does is like add something on top of that. So actually, I'm, I'm glad that I skipped uh, Warlords of Draenor because like I would have been thinking like oh I gotta do my garrison stuff so that I can get my gear so that I can raid you know? have you felt like you've had to use the economy at all like in that I mean like uh, is all the gear you're getting at this point just quest reward stuff it's all just quest reward yeah. stuff okay I just wasn't sure if you like cause I feel like you know in the old past and stuff I always felt a little bit pushed towards Auction House at some point for something like it uh, hasn't been that it, I felt like it wasn't really that way in Cataclysm and Definitely not in Mists of Pandaria. And, like, it's so funny because, like, you go into Legion and, like, the very first mission that you're in Legion, it's, like, my, my, I think my best gear that I had was, like, uh, level 4, 420 or 430 or something mm -hmm. like that. And it was just this random purple that I got. And, like, the first thing that they do when you go into Legion is that, like, here's a piece of armor that's 120 levels above. Here's a weapon, you know, that's massively more powerful. And like, you instantly get an incredible power boost. And it's yeah. just like, just from like a few minor quest rewards from like right at the beginning. And the game has definitely been really good at that, about like making the quest rewards. Uh, they give the quest rewards to you at the right time so that when you're doing the next level up of quests, you can do them adequately. And sometimes they'll be like, it will be a green quest reward that will then like dynamically scale into a blue quest reward because they're like oh this is actually a little bit too low, low level like item level for you so we just bumped it up and get, gave it some more stats and oh is that when it says is that when you get the little badge down at the bottom yeah. that says like it's now a blue yeah. or it's now a purple yeah, you know? uh, yeah just get, I thought that was a random thing where it was like you could just randomly get a purple that what should have been a green I think if it's in within the like main quest line for that area mm -hmm. that it will dynamically scale for that I, I don't think I don't think it's super random is there also any new professions or any like I don't know man I feel like didn't they add like there's like in Cataclysm they added archaeology, but isn't it? Didn't they also make it so where you could take more or something like that? Like yeah, yeah. My, I think you can have three okay. or four because I because I've got two. I think I've got jewel crafting, um, uh, first aid, cooking, fishing, which everybody can take. Okay, yeah, everybody yeah. can take those. all of those secondary skills. Uh, oh, uh, uh, and archaeology. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, like, yeah, jewel crafting and mining yeah. are my two, like, main professions. Yeah, you, you, yeah, I think you still have two main ones. Yeah, two main professions, and you can, like, I think you can take any, you can take all of the secondary skills. Yeah. Which are, you know, the the, mi the minor skills, which are, like, cooking and archaeology. I don't, I don't know for any of the crafting stuff, but at least for the gathering stuff, so it's like, I, got, I have mining and skinning uh, on my demon hunter. Mm -hmm. They don't limit you, go, like... A, in the new area, so say you were like it, it required a certain amount in previous expansions to be able to even mine yeah, a node. Right. Now you level up. You can't smelt, but you can still mine. So that so you, you're leveling up your your smelt or your thing as you're in the new area because they, they just want to keep you there. Like no 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 no, making a new character. That was always the worst, having to pop back to old zones and just look for nodes. <laughs> yeah. Just mine like crazy in an old zone. Yeah, yeah. which is I, th I think is super smart and just keeps people like in, in the progression keep them in the economy yeah. like it's yeah it's pretty good you can play you can earn game time now right 
think I think you can buy it with gold or something. Okay, like that. that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, like wow. you can buy game time with gold. That's interesting. You can basically grind for game time. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> that's uh, pretty funny. Yeah, I, I, I would be, never want to grind that much because it can't be that much. I'd be curious how much it even is, just because gold. Obviously, I'm sure you get gold way faster now. Like back in the day, you know, I, like I used to feel super rich. I was like, I have one thousand gold right now. Yeah. Right. Holy fuck. Yeah. And I'm sure <laughs> nowadays you get one thousand. I have like, like hundred thousand. Exactly. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I've got. I've got like. 40 something thousand and like that's because I spent a bunch of gold before, in Cataclysm and like okay anyway <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's exactly how I thought yeah and I see I see lots of people running around with like 100,000 gold mounts and stuff like that yeah. okay yeah so now it is an auction I'm sure if people are selling things back in the day a really expensive thing was like a couple of thousand gold now I guess yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I, I again I've been just listening to on the auction house like and just because I'm lazy, I undercut everyone. Of course, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just wanted to sell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I do it just enough where it's just like, it's just far enough where it's like, oh, they're selling it for 12 gold. I'll just put it up for like 11. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to go like the, the 50. I'm like, no, I'll just do a full gold, gold short because then someone will be like, oh, click, 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 it's all the lowest prices. And so yeah. like, it always, I always will get stuff back at, like or get gold immediately. Yep. That's called, that's called, a, as I learned from Donald Trump, that's called being smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's good business. Yeah. So the uh, the other game that I played is, uh, and I I had to bring it up on my computer behind me is Half Life: A Place in the West. Is it a mod? No, it's a comic book. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, and it's free. So if you have Steam, just go and get it right now. And it's uh, I don't know, like a thirty-something page comic book. And, By, uh, is it? Uh, how is it related to Half Life? So it takes place in the Half-Life universe, and uh, it's in the eastern United States. It's a, it's after Half-Life 2, so the Combine have come down and basically destroyed the world, and, right. and there's ant-lions everywhere and stuff like that, and um, subjugated it, yeah. And the uh, and the story is, is uh, it picks up this, uh, this guy uh, just got picked up by a caravan. It's a little bit of like uh, Walking Dead style where there was some sort of settlement that sent out a truck and they found this guy and he's the central character in the story. And uh, his uh, he was in Boston and Boston was like overrun by, um, by the Combine, I guess. And Boston, for some reason, was the only city in the world that didn't have, that the Combine Tower didn't appear. Uh, uh, like there's something that went wrong or something like that and so you go through these 38 pages where it's him like meeting these new people and, he, and he's he wants to get his kid back because his kid got kidnapped or whatever hmm. um and it's just the first issue and i don't know oh, so it, it just came out it just came out and this is just the first issue i didn't even know steam did comic books me either and like you open it up and it's funny because it had like you open it up and it has an interface like the menu looks exactly like the half-life 2 menu like like there's a, uh, uh, it, it's like a mock-up of a Half-Life. You know what we should do? We should all just move over to the computer real fast. Hold on, one second. So yeah, we just took a break really quick so I could show you what the menu looks like. It looks really cool. Yeah, it looks. It, it, it looks like you're jumping into a Half-Life game. It does, except that it's got art in the back instead of an actual 3D level. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a really good story. I'm looking forward to the next issue. I am kind of tired of like you know the this guy like he. He could straight up be uh, uh, Rick, Rick or Joel from from Last of Us. You know, it's like exact same kind of character. Yeah, gruff. Like, and he's gruff. He's a white guy with he dark lost hair. Lost his family, and he lost his family. You know, it's like 
It's the exact same thing we've seen so many times before, and that's the one thing about it that's really disappointing. But the world building so far is super cool. Well, and it's already a world that you kind of know, but it's cool yeah. to see their perspective on it. Yeah, and to like be in a different location and is is it get a little bit more like lore about the rest of the world, that kind of stuff. Is it is it, so? It is put out by Valve. Valve is. Um, it is. Yeah, as you say, like is this? It, cool. Let me see. We're checking. The overall reviews are very positive, all 22 of them. Well, it's because most people probably don't even know that it came out. Like, I, this is the first I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see, where does this say? So it, it just says, uh, yeah, it just has developer and publisher are... Michael Patelier. Michael Pelletier. And, and Ross Pelletier Joseph. And, and Ross Joseph Gardner. And that's it. <laughs> so, like, I guess there's two guys that wanted to do a comic book and probably Valve let them do it or, like, they submitted it to Valve or submitted it to Or maybe because they're not who knows? charging for it. It's, like, They're, like, fine. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea where it comes from. I haven't done any research into it at all or who those two guys are. Uh, but it's really good cool. stuff. And it, it's already set up for six chapters. Like, you look at the UI and the, the first one's out and there's, six, there's five to go. Uh... So and it looks it. very well done. Yeah, yeah, the art's the, good. Yeah, the art looked really good. It's still shocking to me that Half Life Three, Episode Three, or Half Life Three. <laughs> like I, I know, I know it's a joke and a meme at this point. It's still yeah. shocking to me that they're like a company that didn't get shut down, that didn't run out of money. It was just like, yeah, we're we're gonna do other stuff now. <laughs> There's something to be said about a company that has the sort of management structure that Valve has and yeah. so getting stuff done there I've heard is can be challenging yeah especially of something of that magnitude where it's just like it's no longer making the episode I guess well you have a you have a whole bunch of creative people that can all that all have the authority to be their own self-starters yeah. and the great things about people that are very into pursuing original ideas is that they're going to experiment a lot they're going to fail a lot but because they're experimenting so much they're going to hit on successes mm-hmm but the the downside to that is you can end up with everybody going in different directions. Yeah, and if you had a designer, I mean, don't get me wrong, it'd be really cool to be a designer on a new Half-Life thing, but you're also like, but there's also my thing. And yeah. So it's like, <laughs> that, I'm sure that's got to be tough yeah. to get. Yeah. And, and, and I'll, what, I'll design it. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and what is a Half-Life game at this point? Because, like, back when 2 was coming out, it was like, here's this physics puzzle, and... And these kind of like the comment scenarios are great, but it was all about like that world and doing cool things yeah. with physics back then. Yeah, and it was it was an it was an engine showcase, and now there's no reason to be an engine showcase anymore. Yeah, unless you're making a new source, uh, a, so. so, a source that would blow everybody else away. But that would be really hard because you know there's but, Unreal and Crytek and Unity, well, and they're all doing amazing things. Source two is out there. It, just it do, is out, I but know. they just do it. In, it's just for Dota. <laughs> <laughs> source three at this point. Uh, all right. We'll take a quick break, Y'all. and then we're gonna do some Twitter and email questions that we got. Yay! Hooray! All right, motherfuckers. <laughs> Anthony Abate. Right, hey, Anthony. He says, "With PSVR due this holiday season, and Nintendo NX supposedly, supposedly. due to release in March, do you think the lack of advertising these products have kept them out of the spotlight for non-gamers? I haven't seen any ads." For PSVR, even on gaming sites and places like Twitch, why do these companies wait so long to get the message out? Huh. That's a really good question, and I don't know because I don't, 
I haven't I haven't had a chance to ingest a lot of media other than video games that I've been playing, so I don't know what the app is. I was wondering if maybe it's because they've started to look at statistics and be like, huh, TV ads don't get us anything. And so it's like, but they've been letting everyone do these early impressions of PSVR and stuff instead, so everyone's been blowing that out. Mm. And so they're relying on that, or maybe they don't. So what I think it is, is I think their initial run for the first three months is already pre-sold. So they, oh, really? So, so they have no really incentive besides... Oh, because if they it, advertise it and then you go out there and you can't yes, find it. Then, mm. then, then it doesn't matter. There, there's no conversion there back into actual profit because they're, they already sold it out. So what they're letting people do is like, all right, it's going to be out there. You're going to be an evangelist for us. Yeah. The, all you're going to do is like why, why IGN, all, all these other sites got it early is because they want you to talk about it and they want it to be out there. But there's not the really thing that they can do to turn it back into money for themselves currently. Mm. So if they spend money on advertising, they're yeah, like you said, there's not going to be any conversion of that into a sale. Yeah, actually, hardly. Yeah, like they're they're. Mm. I forget exactly when they're sold out through, but I think it's like for three months or something. Oh, like wow. I have one. Yeah. On pre-order mm-hmm. right now, and I am definitely con- probably going to cancel it. Yeah. Part of me is considered like not. How come? And selling it to someone I know because someone probably wants it. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you going to cancel it? Uh, because everyone I know that's been talking about them and using them has been talking about the tracking being a problem for it. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah. like like every impression oh. from, like, you can watch the video on Giant Bomb to, you know, Vice to Kotaku to Polygon. Like, everyone is talking, like, the one downside about it is that, like, the tracking gets really bad, and so, like, in times when you're trying to look at something in your hand, your hands, even if you're holding perfectly it's still, like it's like you have cerebral palsy or something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes it'll freak out with the headset, too. Whoa. So I've seen several counts of... The tracking being bad enough that it is making people sick. Wow. Like, it's the yeah. one headset that, that makes is, people sick. That is super weird because, like, um, I take this with a grain of salt. We were paid to produce VR tra- PSVR trailers for Super Hypercube and for uh, Res Infinite. Mm-hmm. So, like, we have, like, received money from Sony to yeah. make videos. Um, but that being said... PSVR is the one headset that I've got to use a lot because we had to capture a bunch of footage uh, and um, never had any tracking problems. I'm wondering, if, if, like something like Res Infinite where you're playing with a controller too seemed like it was less a problem. Uh, it seemed like the games people are having problems with ones were two move ones where it was supposed to be your individual oh, hands. Oh, I haven't played any move yeah. games. And specifically ones where you were often like supposed to be playing like you were in a space, so they mm-hmm. actually expect you to do things like move around and stuff mm-hmm. like the Batman one is one that gets talked about a lot because in that mm-hmm. one you have two hands mm-hmm. you're actually moving your head around a lot while you look around the environment and people are saying that's when it can kind of freak out and, mm. and since it's using the points like the, some of the points in the front of the the, the light points to yeah, track if, when you, if you turn away from the camera it stops tracking after and so it'll kind of freak out oh wow and so it's like that's that's part of the problem of not having the room scale stuff yeah. in the sense that the two light boxes on a Vive or something like that allow it to like keep track of that so in this it's weird because like when we were doing the super hypercube tracking uh, uh, capture we specifically did stuff where like we would turn around and look all the way behind us and it was always fine yeah it made and, and it you know honestly some of that stuff may come down to the development yeah. like you know like maybe some mm-hmm. of it accounts for some of it doesn't but yeah like similarly with when I played Res, Res Infinite like I think it's fine when you're turning because mm-hmm. it, it, like it has a, like you, you have a a set origin point and it knows the positional but like when you're in a room and then you're like moving in 3D space rather than like within like a spherical or like you're moving in like 
cube space. Right. That, that makes any sense. Yeah. I'm trying to. It's hard to think in like relative terms. So, so you're saying, so you're saying instead of uh, instead of like just pivoting in place, you're right. actually like moving and turning at right. the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's when you have problems. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've only played games where we were basically pivoting in place. Yeah, yeah. I've just heard that it just has problems specifically because it's all the tracking is based off of points of light, you know, mm. and that's how it struggled. But uh, so I'm just kind of waiting to hear more impressions. Like, yeah. Uh, not that I would never get one, but I'm just debating whether I want to like get one right now because 400 bucks, or I could put that 400 bucks if I really want to spend 400 bucks. I could put 400 bucks towards like a 1070 or something like that. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. my graphics card <laughs> is quite a few years old at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you, even if you wanted like the, like you're like all right, well I want to I want to do this experience. But then I need the camera, and I need the... I have a camera, and I have one move controller that I don't even know if it works. <laughs> yeah. So I still need one move controller. Yeah. Um, possibly two. Possibly two if the battery's dead on it. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. You know, and part of me is Wait, just so like... Wait, you can't replace the batteries in those? You can. Okay. Yeah, you can. You just have to get, like, a third-party one off Amazon or something oh, like that. Oh, God. Uh, what a dumb idea. But, uh, you know, and the other thing is, like, if I'm going to spend 400 bucks, at that point... Do I just want to wait and shell out for like a vibe or something? I don't know. You know, I just yeah. I'm just I'm not sure. Yeah. How I feel about it. So since I'm not feeling super committed, uh, I don't know what I'm gonna do with that pre-order. Uh, uh, yeah, Anthony. Like I think we sort of answered your question at the beginning of all this yeah. about like you know, like he does say he did say like why do they advertise so late? And yeah, and James and makes a good point. Yeah. It's like yeah. They, they, they're already they sold out come Christmas or something like that or, or November when they have more units yeah. they'll yeah. start advertising the, the NX who knows Nintendo always just kind of relies on their brand but I don't know I th- and I have heard actually that you can go put PlayStation VRs on and Best Buy and stuff yep. like that yeah uh, our, our friend Eric McNair did that mm-hmm. so it's out there yeah um, Omari writes in and says speaking of video cards he says I wanted to know if there was a difference in 1080s from NVIDIA or from Newegg that is selling the GTX 1080, but it's made by Gigabyte. He says, I'm going to buy 1080 next month, but did not know there was if there was a difference since they are all GTX 1080s. The, this is something that I get if you aren't familiar with PC stuff. Yeah. It's like NVIDIA makes a chip, and they're like, this is our chip. It is the 1080 chip. And then they give it to places like MSI, mm-hmm. Gigabyte, and they are like, you can now buy our chips. Whoa, that is some base outside. Yeah, we got, we got something bumping it. Yeah. But you can, uh, you know, they say, here's the chip. You can now put it on your own version of the card with the base specs and put on your own fans and stuff like that. So in theory, there's really not that much of a difference. People have, It comes down to like who people like individually. Mm-hmm. Some cards are factory overclocked, like EVGA often yep. puts on their box. Like they factory overclocked to make it just a little bit more powerful, which is why they also put like usually a much bigger heater. Uh, yeah, heat sink on it, yeah. yeah. So it's, you know. You can sort of think, you can sort of think of it like... Uh, PC case modders will mod their case for, oftentimes for looks, uh, but especially for performance, you know, like they'll add liquid cooling, they'll add extra radiators and stuff like that to heat dissipate so they can manually overclock it. And uh, these other graphics card manufacturers like EVGA, uh, it's sort of like they're, it's it's almost like they're taking uh, a GeForce, uh, a vanilla GeForce GTX and then they're case modding it so that they can like do different stuff with it. Um, and you know, sometimes they'll like, um, you know, like a gigabyte one might come with more RAM than you can find on the, def- on the default ones, more, yeah. more VRAM than you can find on the default NVIDIA ones. It doesn't necessarily make it better. Um, 
except in specific instances like that you know that more ram might not necessarily be supported right away it's not supported by nvidia's factory drivers so like a gigabyte has to make uh, their own drivers for yeah. it for their specific card which they have to do anyway to support whatever their architecture is but you know like they may be working around something that's not necessarily there uh in the nvidia cards by default but you know it's like that may not be a problem at all you yeah. know like you may actually get better performance you may get worse performance i mean my my whole thing when you buy video cards is and you're going to buy like whatever brand you're into is wait a little bit whenever the new cards come out see which manufacturers like look at the specs look at form posts you know yeah like follow all that kind of stuff and figure out if the one you're buying is good or not because all these companies make good cards but they don't always make good cards. Yeah. Every now and then they'll release one that'll just have some problems with it. Or, or you'll hear like, oh, it's fine, but it's like really loud all yeah. the time. <laughs> right, so. right, exactly. And we're, we're approaching that. I think we're like I think we're like two months out from when the GTX 1080 launched. Well, that's what, that's what he's saying. I mean, he saw a gigabyte one. Yeah. So it's like, obviously, people are making their cards. Oh, they, they, were, they, they were there, like, a couple, oh, like yeah. about, a, about three weeks in. Yeah, uh, so I just yeah, think... They're I just there, think, like, right away. I just think yeah. if you're not that familiar with PC stuff, it can be confusing being like, oh, I thought NVIDIA made this card. Why is Gigabyte have a 1080? <laughs> right. And is a Gigabyte 1080, like, a generic 1080? And it's <laughs> like... It's like no, it's like yeah. I think I think you're pretty safe if you're doing some research at this point. Yeah. Like I think there's decent enough reviews for all that stuff that you could probably be safe. At the yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, Gigabyte, PNY, EG, EVGA, like all those companies make fine cards. Yeah. Like I've had probably all of them yeah. at some point. Well, and then the uh, the the conspiracy theorists out there are like, in you know, because when when chips come off the line, they come in giant wafers of chips that mm -hmm. are then they're not like every little individual chip is an exact clone of every other one um the when you're talking about like modern cpu and gpu architecture it's on such a microscopic sub microscopic scale that the speeds of individual chips are not consistent so you know it's like huh. if you have it that's why like you know the if, if you get like a, an Intel CPU, for example, that's like a Core i7 3.5, and it's like, well, the Core, the Core i7, uh, you know, 2.5 or 2.8 or whatever is way cheaper. Those, are, those chips actually came off the same assembly line. It's just that one, it's just that there's variations in the manufacturing process because we can't go in there and like have little robots putting in stuff molecule by molecule, which is almost down to what the point is now for like how small the architecture is, which means that there's like errors in variation. And that's why chips are different speeds. Otherwise, every Core i7 would be 3.5 or whatever it should be. And they just, they, they test them out and they rate them and then they sell the ones that didn't manufacture as well as lower speed chips, because they are lower speed. But the and so like the same is true for like pretty much any like you know i don't i don't know even what you call it but microcomputer construction kind, mm -hmm. kind of stuff and uh, gpus are no different so the conspiracy theory is that nvidia keeps all of their best pristine chips for their cards and then they send out the slightly worse ones to all these other companies hmm. As far as I know, that is not true. Well, plus I've never known anyone that ever, like, there's, like, a, an attitude, at least among forum users and stuff that you generally see that's, like, ah, don't get an NVIDIA card. Those are the stock ones. You want, like, the ones made by a manufacturer who's, like, put these cool heat sinks and stuff on it like that, you know? I don't yeah. know. 
I think you're probably fine no matter yeah, what. Yeah, exactly. I, I, just I've, read a review. Make sure the card that you're buying is a good one. Exactly. I've, I've gone to literally to stores and just picked a 770 off the shelf, and I was like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. It wasn't, I wasn't like, oh. Like, yeah, I and like then I you go the home and you one. benchmark, and you're like, it's getting the exact benchmarks it's supposed to. It's totally good. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. If, if you're suspicious about a particular manufacturer, you can just like find some posts about it, see what other people say. Paul writes in. And he says, Nintendo has announced the release of their NX platform for March of 2017. Is that true? Nintendo has announced that? I don't think that that's true. I do not think that is true. Uh, it's October and we still don't have real clues what it is. Do you think Nintendo is running to issues? Are they intimidated by other consoles? Seems pretty strange. We still know nothing about a major console that releases six months. First off, I don't think they've ever said I when it's do, coming. I, I think there was maybe some, indi- some like... Insinuations and like and like maybe some like reports. Yes, and like in terms of like manufacturing lines and stuff like that. But I Mm. do not think. It's funny because like in my head, I've been always thinking that NX is coming next spring, but I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I think feel like we've heard things, but let's say even theoretically, they have said March. Yeah. I feel like the reason you haven't seen anything is probably twofold. One, maybe the games aren't ready. Yeah. Hmm. And two, if I was Nintendo, would I want to show my games right now? When really what people are talking about, like, am I going to compete for Mindshare during the time of no. Call of Duty, Battlefield, <laughs> all these things? And yeah. then people are going to be like, oh, so is Call of Duty and Battlefield coming to your thing? And I'm going to be like, no, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Like, for them, I feel like if it's coming in March, maybe talking about it in, in the January, new year. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. is, is like, like End of January seems like the perfect place because then you give like three months of like... Let everyone else ship all their shit. Yeah. Now there's like a lull, hopefully, for them, and then they can fit into that thing, and I don't know. I do wonder about, you know, because, like, there's been some stuff out there about, like, specs, right? A little bit. Has there been they, they, they talked, talked, We talked, I think, last week about they, because they're... Supposedly it's going to have an NVIDIA chip in it. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. But it's going to have a Tegra or whatever. don't think... Yeah, they haven't... They haven't they haven't said much because I don't think they need to. I, yeah. I really don't need to think they need to. And, it's like, just like the PSVR... Oh, that was a different timeline. I don't think they're so much worried about selling hardware anymore. I mean, they, they want mm. to sell hardware, but they're going to sell it that first run. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what it is. So they don't really need all that much lead-up time to be like, oh, well, we need to get day one all hard, hardware sell through, like, every single unit. Like, no, you don't have that problem. <laughs> like, you really just don't with Nintendo systems. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh... All right, Tanner. I, mean, I do. I do wonder a little bit about like you know if they are worried about like being uh, seen as such an underdog, being underpowered. I mean, the the Wii U was such a once in a once in a blue moon kind or of scenario. The, the Wii. The Wii. I, I, yeah, I, I mean, made the same mistake last week. But if, yeah, <laughs> I think I think they're really going to have to lean heavily on the shtick of take it with you wherever you go. Yeah, like it is literally an experience that never ends or something like that. Yeah. When is when is Mario Run coming out? Uh, like December, I thought. So I think I think it lines up around that. It's like Mario Run comes out, and it's like, hey, this thing that you also wanted on here. It's like it's a mobile device that you can also play this game. Like I think that timing lines up for good announcement stuff. Hmm. Um, we I shall see. Yeah. Tanner from Twitter says, "How do you feel about Destiny Two rumors? To me, it sounds like Borderlands. What will it take for Destiny Two to grab you guys? You guys are our resident Destiny players." That's cool. Well, so the the report on Kotaku last week was that it's coming to PC. Yep. Um, this is according to Jason Schreier's That's sources. a That's a big bonus for me. Yep. Uh, that you wouldn't be carrying over 
Right, it's all new. Uh, your your character and items. I'll bet there's some kind of like yeah. unlockable or something, uh, some kind of like cosmetic reward or something. Uh, a, a YouTuber that I like Dotto, uh, who also does a bunch of guide stuff, um, put out a video, and his point was maybe they don't carry over gear, but you carry over cosmetics. So like shaders and mm -hmm. emblems, which are like the two things that you collect. Yeah. Because that's that gives yourself legacy, like the guns and everything, sure. But it's like... Well, of course you're not. Carrying over the loot, it's going to probably be like World of Warcraft, where they would probably outfit you with something that would wipe it away immediately anyways. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Maybe they keep the exotics. Maybe you get to keep those. Yeah. And that, and that transfers over, but like... I can totally see them letting you keep cosmetics. Um, the... Like dances and stuff like what, that. Yeah. Yes. What what I want and uh, what I would really hope for is like, this is, except in multiplayer, uh, this is a game that could totally do cross-platform play, and be just fine. You know, like because they're gonna be they're gonna be leaving the last console generation behind. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm really looking forward to is them leaving all of that. So you're behind. saying let our PS4 and PC players just go for it. Yep, exactly. Let let them because the whole thing is co-op, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're doing PvP, I can still I can understand you restricting PvP, like mm -hmm. because uh, there's just no way to really make to really make that equal. Now, other games have just been like, you know, well. People are as good on consoles now as people have ever been on PC as far as mm -hmm. shooters go. And, you know, like, uh, I don't know if anybody's ever done any, like, really definitive research on whether or not you can actually, like, make those communities, like, play together in a versus scenario. But they could totally play together in co-op scenarios, which is what, you know, the a P whole P bunch of the game is. I mean, you know, yeah. like, I mean, I know it's a shooter, so it's different, but... Half the time when I'm playing Rocket League, I'm playing against PC people. You yeah, know? and it's like it totally works. Yeah, like I just feel like uh, I, I just really, really want them to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, well especially if they let me. I mean, I know they wouldn't, but if I could ha like play on one and then like I'm saying, not only to oh, share man, the thing, yeah. but play between them. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Have like, a, have a unified account between all of them. Yeah. yeah. I. Yeah. I. I. That is the dream. Uh, <laughs> and then the final thing was like it was. What would bring you back? What would it take to bring you back? Oh, well, I was, there's one more thing, which was, like, there was towns that were, like, integrated into, the, like, the free roam thing, so they like, have quest drivers and everything out in the world. I, I mean, I, I, I will play Destiny 2 regardless, because I like Bungie shooters. I like the mechanics. Yeah. Like, they, it will be solid. I like Destiny mechanics better than Halo mechanics. As far as as far as shooting goes, I um, maybe uh, it's just uh, yeah. I I'm not I'm that. not a pro player. I'm not yeah. a, like an everyday multiplayer kind of player. Mm -hmm. um, but the but being out in the world and killing things, mm -hmm. uh, there isn't as much variation as mm -hmm. there is in Halo. Mm -hmm. But the actual way that my character controls, I like my I like the way my character feels better than I like the way the Master Chief yeah. feels. I would uh, the thing that would the things that could make me want to play Destiny again would be if they made deeper character progression in the sense that I'd like more powers for them maybe or even passive powers like mm -hmm. like I know you can get passive points but I'm saying like a chance to proc a black hole on someone whenever you hit them with a range gun and stuff like that kind, kind of like like more effects that aren't necessarily like, like I, I don't like, need to have more powers mapped that yeah. I have to trigger right but more things that I can feel like that can happen yeah exactly that's what I mean by like proc effects yeah. and stuff that are just like there to make my character feel like I am actually making this crazy progression as my mm -hmm. class, and just, and just to make my class like 
I didn't play that much Destiny. So maybe mm-hmm. with all the gear and stuff, really classes start to feel defined as a class. Yeah. But like part of it for me was like, ah, like I'm like this heavy guy and I have like one smash move that I can do every once in a while. And I wanted a bit more of it out of, out of it. You know, and I feel like Borderlands has a bit more of that in the sense. Yeah. Like I know that they're not the same game, but like Borderlands has the big one power you can throw down, but they have a lot of passive powers about how you gain health yeah. and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I just want a bit more ways for me to tinker with my class so that if I was walk playing Hunter yeah. one way and you were playing Hunter I'd be like oh I went down tree 3 and you're like oh I went down tree 1 we're kind of different yeah. I think they they uh, the definitely by the time you got through the Taken King with the new powers that they introduced I the see. classes did start to feel really different yeah. like Hunter's got uh, they got the Void Bow the yeah. Void Trap Bow which also had uh, one of the things you get was you could double tap B and you would like uh, dodge roll Okay. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I guess maybe some of it's already basically. Of it, I want yeah. Destiny Two to be the game that I wanted Destiny. But maybe Destiny has become. I mean, that's the yeah. whole idea, right? Right. And then it's like really Destiny Two. Like I'm hoping it has a lot more of the stuff that they promise. Like you were yeah. saying, an integrated social area that instead of loading a new zone that only has 12 people, it's actually just part of the world like a normal MMO. Yeah. Instead of being like uh, Ryan, actually, my coworker Ryan put it really well. Uh, he was saying like. Uh, it's, uh, everybody thought that Destiny was going to be like World of Warcraft, and instead it was like Fantasy Star Online. Yeah. And uh, where Fantasy Star Online, or even kind of Guild Wars, I guess, is like Social Hub, uh, Instance World, and, you know, except for the patrol areas, but the patrol areas were never any good. Totally. Um, but, yeah, if the, something that something that's more like just the way the world works with other people. I can tell you one thing that I would really like, that I think a game like this could really benefit from is uh, AI companions. Um, even if it's just one other person, I mean, like followers. Yeah, followers yeah, is a great yeah. system. Like, like, like a single follower would that you could take with you. Maybe you can swap them out. Maybe they become a collectible. Whatever. Yeah. But like. Um, I mean, even do it like Diablo did in the sense that, like, you can play with followers, but if then you join a party, your followers automatically dismissed. Yeah, but I mean, like, I'd like it though. If if we're talking about like current gen stuff, that's true. It's like, uh, you know, it's it's not a six man raid. It's a six man raid, but like it's twelve. Everyone has their followers. Everyone yeah. has their followers. They, they should just like the, the beginning of Destiny Two is like your ghost sinks into like a mech suit, and then that, and now it's just like <laughs> well, running around with Titanfall. Like, I will say <laughs> in Marvel Heroes, that's how like. It's funny you talk about that because I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be better because our game, the way we do it is that raids are 10-man raids. They're really 20-man raids because everyone expects you to have a fully leveled up team-up that you mm-hmm. roll in with the yeah. whole time, too. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. Just like, because then that just becomes part of your overall light level or DPS output mm-hmm. is yeah. how good is your team-up. Like, yep. you know? So, yeah, that, that could be cool, especially if they're trying to if they're going only PS4 and Xbox One where they don't maybe having 12 people in... 12 models running around is not a problem. Right, exactly. You know, so, and hopefully yeah. they'll do better things. I would like them to have like a, a cooler way to to introduce the player to interstellar travel mm-hmm. rather than yes. like star map and loading screen. Right. Like, it'd be really cool <laughs> if there was a way that they could make it feel more organic than like... Because I feel like, like <laughs> Destiny's is like as good as Mass Effect's. Like when you'd be staring at like the... Like the real, a, the real a, a relay and you're just like, okay. And it's like Destiny's like several... <laughs> you know, I want something uh-huh. that... That even if it's just through a load screen that shows it traveling, shows it goes, shows it go down to the planet, like at least make it feel a little bit more like. Okay, make ship controls. Like you fly, you fly into a station and do it like like No Man's Sky, where you're just like you're like you're in basically an orb and you fly around and you point your thing at the orb and you fly to the next one. Right. But you at least you have a little bit of control, like to fly around. Totally, and, and it's really bit. just a loading screen masked yeah. as a thing. Yeah. I mean, yes, I just 
feel like the long loading screens of watching you and your friends ships, it was like, yes, it was a cool way for your friends to see your e peen and be like, yeah, that guy's got an awesome <laughs> that ship. That guy's got a great ship. Yeah. But, I uh, wish I had that raid ship. Uh, yeah. I think the final thing is uh, the way that Diablo did the like semi procedural world, like, yeah. like, like infinite, infinite questing thing. Yeah. Like, I think that would be great. Just like, I think any people have been asking you for a while, it's just like, build 30 chunks and mix and match those chunks. Yeah, because I, it was really disappointing yeah. going to Russia and being like, ah, oh, here's where the dropship always drops those yeah. one groups of guys. Yeah. Fucking Cosmodrome again. Yeah. yeah. And then and then every update you add four more. So you mm. just keep continually adding more chunks so that people are going back to it and like, or however many you needed to, to make, well, make sure yeah, it's more, fresh. More tile sets and more events in the world to yeah. world events would be cool because they did have a little bit of that where they're like, ah, oh, the scared things come down, but it's yeah. like, yeah. more more yeah. so that they're not as predictable yeah um yeah i mean the cool thing is is that like this it seems like so wide open and they could do so many things there's so many game design options out there that they could uh that they could parrot and improve upon and like do in a first person shooter genre that yeah. we haven't seen before you know and i just i just like that we're actually able to speculate about destiny 2 because like that game did not have the best launch. No. Nope. Yeah, I mean, if I all but it could have been totally like oh, that was the end of Destiny. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, but like I, I trust in Bungie. Uh, I, I think it's Luke's. Luke Smith is heading this up. He yeah, is. Luke. Luke is heading up uh, number two. Um, but they, I like they've been talking with like Blizzard and a bunch of other other studios, being like, hey, we just want to talk to you about like what you think. And like about how you designed your games, and like they they've been talking about that. Look, they had people up, and I was like, oh yeah, you guys get it. You're like, hey, we know what this should be. Let's go talk to these people to like kind of like get their ideas. The one thing that I hope they don't ditch is that in Destiny One, the loot grind always felt attainable, and that's the thing that World of Warcraft, for me anyway, mm. has never had. I've never felt like the like the end game loot is attainable unless like. You are make it your fucking job. Yeah. And uh, for Destiny, it felt like the end game loot was attainable as long as you played a couple hours a week and you did some raids yeah. and stuff like that. And uh, I hope they keep that feel as opposed to like the best stuff is only for the hearts of the hardcore and fuck the rest of y'all. Yeah. Brian writes in and says, "Is buying a Vita even worth it now?" <laughs> That's a question for you. I would say, at this point, yes. you could probably find one new, cheap, but I'd, bet you, but I'd bet you you could do what I did with my PSP, which was towards the end of the PSP life, and I just went to a guy on Craigslist and <laughs> gave him like, like probably like 75 bucks, met him in a park, <laughs> and got a PSP and a bunch of games, so yeah. I feel like you could probably do that with the Vita right now for a pretty good price. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, Craigslist is always sketchy, so I'll say this. Just meet him in a public place. <laughs> exactly. That's why I met him at a park, and I remember he probably looked a little intimidated. Cops definitely watched us because we met at, like, a school parking lot, and me and three of my friends got out and walked up to this dude who was standing outside his car. It looked like a drug deal. And I, said, oh, I, just, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to get robbed. But usually nowadays, people just meet at Starbucks yeah, or something yeah. like that, you know. Um, but I would say that, honestly, like, I don't know if buying one news that great of a, de- a deal, especially because I feel like it's... Yeah, if you're, you you're like, not gonna save the Vita. If you like, and the new stuff that's coming out is like, if you like visual novels, uh, 
Well, there's a lot of stuff there that yeah. if you never played it, or if you want to play certain games on the go, like Darkest Dungeon just came out for Vita not too mm-hmm. long ago and stuff. So it is still good for like a bunch of indie machine, like indie games and stuff like that. And for if you if you can't if you want to play Persona Five or at least want something, it's probably like the best mobile version of Minecraft you can get if yeah. you care about that. Um, huh. Really? Yeah, and you can play stuff like Don't Starve, and mm. there's actually a lot of games that you can play. If you never played Metal Gear, the whole Metal Gear saga is there. But that's what I'm saying. If you can get it on the cheap, like I think it can be worth yeah, it. Totally. But and also. Not that I'm saying, but I'm just... I, I, I will say it, that it was recently broken, so it's going to be an emulator machine yeah. at some point. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it wasn't... It was, like, you can now do an emulator through the browser, I think? If yeah, you get a certain I, I, I'm not sure. But I'm just saying yeah. that, like, somewhere down the line, you know, like, when those machines kind of live out their worth, like, I know plenty of people that use the PSP as just, like, an SNES emulator because it's, like, one of the best mobile emulators. Did you... Uh, the Do you know how... I, I did that with mine. Do you know how you did it? Is that mm. it was in the PSP? In the PSP, you no. load you loaded in a PNG into a directory, and then you thumbed back and forth really fast, and then tabbed in and hit X, and it would it was because you were moving everything so fast, it caused a memory overflow, <laughs> and then it would like it would try to read the image, and then that would flash the memory. That's amazing. It, it was fucking super <laughs> cool. Yeah. You're like, brr, brr, brr. Oh, tap tap tap. And you have to, it wouldn't do it sometimes. So you have to, okay. It's like a fucking skill game just to yeah. flash your wrong, just that's, to flash your memory. That's crazy. Oh, that's the best. I, I love I love weird ass homebrew shit. Like oh yeah, that. me too. Uh, that's, that kind of shit's so much fun. Yeah, I'm sure that was just some guy looking at the RAM usage mm-hmm. or something. Was yeah. like, huh? It really gets fucked up when I use that. Yeah. Oh, I bet you I could break it. Yeah. Uh, Mark writes in and says. Oh, but go back to the Vita question real quick. I will say that because it has also been broken, I won't be surprised if there aren't that many games coming out for it or Vita ports and stuff get mm-hmm. canceled because the downside of it is, like, I talk about emulation and stuff like that, but that also opens it up to piracy. 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 Yep. Yeah. Rampant piracy. Uh, Mark writes in and says, Why are we seeing more publishers not send out advanced review copies, i.e. Doom and now Mafia 3? Well, sometimes, in the past, <laughs> to me, it sometimes meant the game was crap. Yep. Sometimes it meant... They didn't like the outlet, yeah. And mm-hmm. sometimes it meant, but uh, it, but honestly, like that was like in the three hundred and sixty days where it still cost ten thousand dollars to make a patch, and day one patches weren't common. Nowadays, I think it partially has to do with the fact that they are counting on a day one patch to actually finish the game. That's a really good yeah. point. I didn't even think about that. Like, like the game is what, like what, they don't want anybody reviewing it because the game's not done. Yes, yeah. and it's like, or it's like. It's that, and then sometimes it may, it's still, there's a good chance that in some cases it is still publisher confidence. Like, yeah. I don't know that Bethesda had a ton of confidence in Doom. Yeah. But then it got out there, and it got really good reviews, and they're like, oh, fuck, it's okay. Yeah. Everything's all right. Yeah, exactly. But, like, like it definitely still happens where some games you're like, oh, this game is definitely shit, because that's why they didn't send it out. Like, they're yeah. totally aware. And sometimes they're doing mock reviews beforehand and stuff, and assessing that and being yeah. like, like we should definitely not send out review code yeah. you know and and well and uh, because especially these in in the pay to play in the payola days the YouTube payola days that we live in right now uh, if you know that your game isn't going to be you know like an 80 90 on metacritic or whatever and people aren't going to be all over it it's like well let's uh, let's just give free copies to a bunch of YouTubers and Twitch streamers out there that we and know they, are going to be friendly to us and our brand and they and they assign agreements they go I will only say positive things about this yep. if I accept an early copy of yep. this and like, like 
specifically it, it that's is what they do. It's fucking dirty. Yeah. It, it's it's exactly it's exactly payola. It's yeah. exactly what happens uh, what you know what's happened in the entertainment press forever. Well, and that's why we're finally seeing all these disclosure things come out and stuff like that where yeah. they're like that finally FCC, cracking yeah. down and being like you very publicly have to disclose things, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I mean, I think those are all fair points. Outlets sometimes, if you think they're going to be critical of your game, they just like why would you yeah. send it to them? Like, yeah, I just you know it's like, well, and like in the past, you know, like outlets that I've worked for, um, were like literally banned from receiving games because they gave a publisher too many too many mediocre or bad reviews in a row, and they think that that outlet just has it out for them. Yeah, and so from that point on, they're like, nope, you don't get our games. Uh, and then sometimes there's like things in when <coughs> when we there's review like review events. There's certain agreements that like sometimes outlets don't agree with, so they'll just turn turn it down. Yeah. Uh, and then they'll just go look for an early copy themselves. Because at that point, they, they don't they don't have to sign an agreement with the publisher. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, Ethics. Yeah, I don't know. Mafia might be a good game. I have no clue about Mafia. Uh, Me I don't. Yeah, it might end up being just mediocre. Who knows? I really have yeah. no clue. Marty, yeah. Marty Sleeve of IGN was talking about how he very much liked it on Twitter today. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. I feel like Marty likes some garbage, though, to be honest <laughs> with you. Sure. Like, Marty likes a lot of good stuff, but I feel like there's definitely some games that I've been like, Marty, what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'd say the same thing about me. Oh, yeah. You know? um, that's why reviews are opinions a, 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 and not that. Exactly. That's why you have to understand the person who's doing it to kind of <laughs> yeah. feel out their taste. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Yeah, because, you know, there are certain people that when they tell me, like, if Matt tells me about adventure games, I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Like, you know, it just comes down. <laughs> Arthur tells me about shooters most of the time. I'm like, all right. Mm. But, yeah. You and I are both going to play the shit out of Civ just because that's who we are. Yeah, I mean, they could literally put on the box, it's really just Civ Five again. And I'd be like, <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we, made, we made some new, some new, some new, uh, some new squares, so you, yeah. you can do some other things. You're like... Yeah, that sounds good. I'll be there. Uh, now our hexagons have seven sides. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, Gears. Well, Gears comes out. Yeah, it comes out tomorrow, but then for everyone else next week. So I guess. I guess we'll, I'll buy it. Yeah. I, 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 I need to. Once I get my hard drive situation sorted out, I'm going to install Windows 10. Because if you didn't know, you know how there was that thing like, oh, if you didn't get your Windows 10 upgrade, you can't get it anymore. Oh, like, really? Oh, yeah, they stopped that. There's no more free Windows 10 upgrade. Like oh, so option. Now you just have to buy it? Unless you are someone who uses uh, any number of like features to help you because you have like a disability, mm-hmm. including like like it's like a, there's like you can still find it. Just do a quick Google search. How can I still get Windows 10 for free? CNET, all these places have articles up that's like basically if you're an old person who has to make the text bigger in your Windows, anything that you have to have that's like an assisted thing, they're offering a contended an extended thing where you can get it so long as you check a box that says, yeah, I need those things. <laughs> so, I need I the accessibility features. Yes. Yeah. In, in 30 years. <laughs> yeah, so it's, like, it's like, yeah, you don't have to verify or anything like that. So there's still a way to get it for free. So I kept putting it off because yeah. I was just like, yeah. I don't need it for free. I think I still have the, like, I, cause I had a, I upgraded, was it 7 to 8 or whatever it was? Vista. Whatever I... Well, because I, I had 7, so when oh. I first did the install, but I had an OEM, so I didn't, oh. I didn't have the actual key. Um. And so I... Like, when I... You can always find your key. I think I did, but it didn't register correctly, so I still have the thing in the corner that's like, you should register, and I'm like, 
No. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm going to do a rebuild at some point, and so I'm just going to buy a, win- a version of Windows. And, like, I have to do a whole new like, In my logo. lifetime, I probably had enough illicit copies of Windows that I, I always try and buy them now to yeah, make up for my expensive. past sense. No, they can be like 150 bucks if you want like the best version or something like that. Yeah, so. it's uh, it's way too expensive to, for you know modern operating systems shouldn't cost that much. I guess it makes diff- It does make a difference though. Like you know, I'm used to Mac OS being free all the time, exactly. but they but they sell hardware. Microsoft doesn't sell hardware. They have yeah. to sell their software. Yeah. Uh, I think that's gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We should uh, have a normal episode. Yeah, we'll have a normal, normal episode, episode next week. Normal, we'll talk about Gears of War and other crap. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll play something other than World of Warcraft. Not. I'm at Chef Money on Twitter. Matt's at Talking Orange. James is at James underscore Faulkner. He's not a rugby player. Uh, <laughs> or is it rugby or is it a... I, I, I don't think I... I think it's cricket. Cricket, cricket? yeah. yeah. James, James Faulkner without the underscore? Um, it's, it's James Faulkner underscore seven or something is like uh, the... Ru- that's not you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for joining. Send your letters. Uh, letters at eat-sleep-game.com. Or you can and, tweet at us. Or you can tweet at us. Say, yeah, I like, but uh, wait till I send out a thing about it, because otherwise your tweet just gets buried. Like, today was nice. I did it the day we were going to record. It made it much easier to find. Yep. yep. Um, so, thanks, everybody, for joining us. And... Give Matt money. I go to Area5.tv. Do we oh, yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, go to area5.tv, give Matt money. Like, don't even ask him to make you anything. <laughs> Just, Just go there. Like, Here, here's a, here's, here's $20,000 for a quote-unquote video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Matt will film you a, a one-minute introduction page for your YouTube thing. <laughs> on my iPhone. Yeah, on his iPhone, and, and you can give him 20 rand. You, you, film, you could just film the dog. Yeah, I that's that's what makes all the money anyway, yeah. is pet videos. So. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Um, oh, oh, hold on. Everyone should go to I forget where it is, but look up <laughs> real life Doug. They did Doug from Up. They did they put a collar on uh, a real life golden retriever uh-huh. and then sent him into a park to talk to strangers. So it's just this dog. Really? So, but it's like someone with a helmet so yeah. they can like talk. Yeah, so they can hear and like they, the speaker. Amazing. So you're like, hello, I am dog. And you're like, all right, this is the cutest thing I've literally ever seen. All right. Okay, that's Everyone a pet goes. video absolutely worse. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.